Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm always glad when you join me. And I'm so excited about the guest I have for you today. His name is Jonathan McKee, and he is quite prolific in the amount of books that he has written. And I've talked with him briefly and have read the book that we are going to talk about today. And I have to tell you that this is going to be a really life-changing book for you and your kids. And I think it's imperative, and I want to encourage all of you parents and any of you people that have access to kids, teenagers, junior hires, um, even elementary, we have to start sometimes today. If you are dealing with any of these people at this age, I would recommend this book highly because it, the, it really addresses the cultural issues that we have going on right now in America uh, regarding sex and the just inundation that we, I hope that's a word, anyways, how inundated we are with the whole sexual culture and how difficult it is to try to maneuver through that. So, Jonathan, thank you for joining me, and I'm going to introduce you a little bit and let people know who you are. Um, he is an expert on youth culture and the author of a dozen books, and including Sex Matters, which we are going to talk about today as well. Get Your Teenager Talking and A Guy's Guide to God, Girls, and the Phone in Your Pocket. He has done uh, youth ministry for 20 years, and he speaks to parents and any lectures worldwide. And he writes about parenting and youth and the culture, and he also provides free resources at thesourceforparents.com. That's thesourceforparents.com. He is married to his wife, Lori, and they have three kids. They live in Northern California. And if you want more information, I'm going to be giving his information out as we go through this hour. You want to go to Jonathan McKee Writes, and his name is spelled J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-M-C-K-E-E, Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S.com. And I, I, we're going to encourage that. But Jonathan, please just say hi to the listeners and give us kind of an idea of the book that we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, this is fun, uh, talking about more than just the talk and its companion piece, Sex Matters, two books. More than just the talk is the one we wrote to parents about becoming your kid's go-to person about sex. And that's uh, just in a world full of so many explicit lies, we uh, know that you know young people have questions. Uh, I've been to youth ministry over 20 years. And uh, it's funny, whenever I'm dialoguing with young people, it's amazing how much I hear from young people personally, how much they want to talk, you know, they, they want answers, they're looking for it, and, and they would love to ask their parents if they were sure that their parents wouldn't freak out, and th- there's the catch right there. And so, <laughs> so, we're, so sadly, a lot of young people are going to Google for their answers, and um, so this is a book that really talks about creating that comfortable climate of continual conversation. So your kids come to you, and um, and, and parents will ask me straight up. They'll be like, Jonathan, um, are you saying I need to bring up sex? <laughs> and I answer them honestly, no. The world does that all the time. Absolutely, uh, yeah, it brings it up. <laughs> we just need to be ready to have the conversation. We need to be ready to, you know, hit that pause button or ask that question and go, eh, what's 
what's Adam Levine singing about here? What is this sugar he keeps singing about right now? You know, and, and as you're hearing that on the drive home on the radio, you know, yes, um, and being yes. able to just start that dialogue and, you know, and then some, cause sometimes kids that grow up in the church, for example, will be, Oh, it's about sex and sex is bad. You know, and, Oh really? Sex is bad. Well, wow. <laughs> better tell my husband that better tell my wife that, you know, <laughs> that's too bad, you know, and, and, and letting them know actually the truth that sex isn't bad. Sex is an awesome thing. And, and sometimes in the church, we kind of send these really weird messages and, and how can we send, how can we really communicate biblical truth? What's that look like? That's what these books are about. Well, I think that's really powerful because it, it isn't that issue of, no, we don't, you know, it's not, should we bring up sex? It's, no, we should not ignore that it's happening exactly because it, it, it's so prolific right now. And, and I know for parents, talking about sex is uncomfortable. And a lot of what I talk to parents about is you need to be comfortable with it. And so if that means that you dialogue with your spouse on an ongoing basis, just talking normally about it, so that when you go to talk about it, you're comfortable because we want, we want to give kids this idea that we can be comfortable about sex. This is not something, you know, scary, dangerous, um, you know, weird, bizarre. It, it's, it's a really cool, beautiful thing that happens between two people that love one another deeply. And, and God created it for a reason. Yeah. And, and it's understanding that. And so I think it's hard many times with parents. I mean, how do you help them to not feel so self-conscious themselves? Yeah, you know, it, it's, well, I mean, we are, it, is, it is kind of one of these things that, uh, you know, it's, it's always going to be a little awkward. We're talking, about right. Something, right. we're talking about something intimate, you know. We're, some, we're talking about something God did design for two people, uh, you know, in the intimacy and privacy. But, but on the other hand, if you read the Bible, the Bible's not afraid to talk about it. Absolutely. In, in explicit detail. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, I, I, I'm pretty conservative myself, but I'll just say ultra-conservatives, I think, forget that. I think we sometimes, you know... There's, I don't know if it's a, if it's a, you know, bad byproduct of, of, of calling ourselves Puritans. At one time, we think that that means, you know, don't talk about the naughty thing. But man, you know, follow the example of God. I mean, he, the, his word is clear about it. And, and, and you know this, if you've ever tried to have family devotions and you tried to read Genesis, right? There right. are some blushing moments, man. There are some, <laughs> there's some, there's some times where you, you know, I mean, not only does the book open with a naked guy in the garden, you know, and God exactly. looks down and goes, oh, it's not good for him to be alone. <laughs> Poof, naked woman, you know, and then he says, you know, go forth and multiply. And Adam's kind of like, I- I- I'm already on that, actually. God, you didn't even have to command. That's one command you didn't need to tell me. I was well, you already- know, it's so funny you say that because I t- when I tell clients, I say, listen, you know, we, we all want to, like, give Adam a bad time about, yeah. you know, not protecting Eve and Eve, you know, you know, deceiving and all, you know, and tempting Adam and all these things. And, and I say, you know, I'll tell you what happened. Adam is in the garden, perfect environment, no stress, beautiful woman, you know, perfect body. He he was not looking necessarily at the apple. He's staring at her. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and it's like we, we really want to somehow think that if we're talking about the reality of sex, that we are sexualizing the conversation. Yeah, no, no, and, and see, and that's, that's where it's bad is, is the world has taken it, twisted it, and distorted it, so they've tried to make everything sexual or they've thought hey you know sex is obviously this good thing um wouldn't it be even better if it i did it with tons of people or whoever i want and right. so so the world is overly sexualized and it's taken even innocent things and and making them sexual or, or raunchy and that's too bad so so kind of our polar reaction our our you know swing of the pendulum is oh well let's let's not look at this naughty stuff at all and it's like wait wait, wait remember remember this is god's amazing awesome creation 
that he talks about so freely in the Bible, and he talks about as you know, I mean, matter of fact, I mean, in the book uh, to teenagers, this this sex matters book, um, I, I talk clearly. I, I show them that Proverbs passage, Proverbs five. People always think you're going to jump to Song of Solomon, but right. Proverbs, Proverbs five is is one of my favorite passages to talk about sex with young people because it's it's that passage where you know basically the author says, hey, you know what, um, you know, married people. Don't forget about, and he talks specifically to men, he goes, don't forget about the wife you married as a young man. And then he gets specific, uh, and here's you know, where some people you know, plug their ears, but here's what the Bible says. It says, let her breast satisfy you at all times. And, and here's where teenage guys are like, okay, this is now my favorite verse <laughs> in the Bible. Let me write this down. But, you know, it's like, let her breast satisfy you at all times. And I love it because it's a passage, you know, the same book that started with two naked people and God saying, you can do it. You know, that's how the Bible starts to now all of a sudden this passage, it talks about, hey, guys, enjoy your wife's breasts. Um, but you got to keep reading because he says, don't enjoy other women's breasts. I mean, that's right, really what he exactly. says. He says, don't be enticed by this. Don't let this ensnare you. And it's so relevant to young men today where pornography and all these other you know, distractions are drawing us away where we want to look at other people's breasts as well. And he's saying, no, no, no. Remember, I created one woman for you, and this is the way to enjoy it. So it's neat as we can start to help our kids understand what good sex looks like, what God's plan is, what God's design is, and then we can recognize the imposters when those show up. I think I mean I think that's imperative because one of the things that we know the enemy wants to do is you know he he comes to kill steal and destroy. Absolutely. And so what God wants to do is bring it back in abundance. And so he wants us to be very comfortable about this whole issue of sex not in a way that we are graphic and raw and don't um honor it, but that we are not afraid of it and that we have a new version that that we can be giving children that is like we don't have a problem talking about this and we can be very real talking about it. And we can give you real information that, that helps you to really enjoy what God has for you in the future. Just and not... I would even push back a little bit on your word graphic, if, if you would allow me to. Please. I would say that graphic isn't bad. I mean, because, man, I mean, look at the Bible again. Pretty graphic. I mean, right. hill of foreskins, you know, owning, yes, spilling yes. seed on the ground. That's, that's graphic. Right. I would say profane. But um, exactly. You know, that's what just, I when I meant graphic. I did. I meant yeah, we don't yeah, want yeah. to have the perverted. It's okay. It's okay. Yes. I just want to push back because I think because I'm super sensitive. To I'm that, glad you I, did. I think we sometimes um, feel like you know, like oh, if we're being explicit, and the word explicit again is another word that's tainted because it's that word that now even on songs, it's, oh, this has explicit lyrics. Explicit just means clear. Exactly. It means completely clear. So. We actually should be explicit. We should be explicit, and we should share explicit truth. Uh, when Dr. Kevin Lehman read my book, his quote was, In a world full of explicit lies, today's kids need parents who aren't afraid to tell them the explicit truth. And this book provides parents with the tools they need to have these candid and continual conversations. And, and that, that's exactly you know, what this book is doing. It's, it's not afraid to get graphic. As a matter of fact, it's funny. Jump on Amazon. And look up, you know, my name, right, Jonathan McKee, right. or more than just the talk, and you'll see. And this thing's got like forty something reviews now. I can't even remember what, almost fifty reviews, and a lot of them are like, "Whoa, this book wasn't afraid to just <laughs> tell it." And it's like, you know, we as Christians are tiptoeing around the issues. As a matter of fact, I, you know, the my first two chapters are about the loud voices and the quiet voices, and it's kind of sad. And Satan loves it, but the loud voices out there are completely prof. 
insane and completely explicit, like, about, oh, sex is so awesome, you should have it whenever you want, no consequences with whoever you want. And all you got to do is, I mean, just, I mean, turn on the radio on the way home. Well, um, I think I think that's exactly right. And we have, like, one minute, well, okay, actually, good. maybe 30 seconds, because yeah. I was getting very into what you were saying. We, Absolutely. You know, we that's really a... need to, you know, God is a God of truth, and we need to be truth givers. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and, so and, well, so just for a minute, let people know where we can get a hold of you, and then we're going to come back after the break. Yeah, thesource4parents.com, thesource, number four, parents.com. Tons of free articles that help parents. You can grab my books there if you want there, too. But, uh, and then my blog is linked there, and all kinds of good information for parents. Awesome. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment with Jonathan McKee. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I am so glad you joined me today. And if you are just joining in, I have um, the author, Jonathan McKee, with me today. And he is talking about his book, More Than Just the Talk. And it's becoming your kid's go-to person about sex. And so I read this book. I I mean, it's really a a tremendous book. So I want to really encourage you listeners to check this book out. And so, Jonathan, we kind of left off on that last uh, segment about truth and and reality, and you used the word explicit. So let's start with that again. Yeah, you know, it, it's, again, I think sometimes we're scared of the word explicit because it's that word that's used to talk about dirty lyrics. But really explicit means clear, and we ourselves need to be explicit and, explicit and clear with truth. Um, and what's really the sad thing is that... Uh, people who are supposed to be talking about this are quiet. And the people who really haven't earned the right to talk about this and who are, um, you know, trying to use this and abuse this are the ones that are loud. It's and very well it's, said. It, it, it's, it's sad because the people that are lying out there are just, you know, saying anything that, you know, that we want to hear. Um, but the people that have the truth, were like, oh, we shouldn't talk about this because it's the naughty thing. And, and I've seen it over and over again. I mean, if, if you stand today in the grocery store and you look to the right or to the left, the headlines right there in the magazines right there are going to be kind of this stuff that, you know what, that gets people to buy a magazine, you know? And, and often it's this crazy, you know, uh, stuff. I mean, you know, how to boost your, you know, love life with an affair and, and all this different kind of exactly. stuff. And, and sometimes just stuff that, and by the way, not to mention too, that stuff that realize, you know, for the parents that tell me, oh, my kids, they they aren't exposed to this stuff. Well, do they have eyes? I know, exactly. Do, do, have do you gone to, to the, the grocery, grocery store? store? The mall. How about yeah. the mall? Exactly. I mean, if, you, if you're at the grocery store with your kid, I mean, you've been there when your seven or eight-year-old saw, Dad, what's a threesome? Exactly. And they're reading it, right? And you're like, oh, it's when you're trying to golf with four buddies and one doesn't show. Uh, it's, you know, and you're trying to come up with answers. This is the world we live in. It's the world where when you're shopping in Target today, you know, if you hear any of the songs off the top ten, the, the clean versions, um, exactly. you know, uh, in the top ten right now, Flo Rida, the guy who um, most young people know from the, you know, from either Whistle or from Apple Bottom Jeans, Boot with, Boots with the Fur, he's got a song right now called uh, uh, Going Down for Real or GDFR. And you'll hear the lyrics, You'll literally, you'll, you'll be in Target and you'll hear the lyrics, your girl just kissed a girl, I do buy chicks, shake for a chic, he goes on, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and he goes on and says, I could just roll up because I'm swole up till that birthday cake get a cobra. He's talking about wow. cake is a vagina reference. Cobra yes. is a penis reference. He, you know, and it's again, this is the clean stuff out there because they use this under the radar language. Um, you know, uh, the top show right now on television uh, watched by young people, 13 through 17 years old, is The Voice. And, um, and, and there's shows that are kind of particularly kind of teeny bopper shows. Uh, how's that for an ancient word, teeny bopper? Right. You know, you're pretty little liars, that kind of stuff. But The Voice is, is watched by families. And you got, you know, role models like Christina Aguilera, Adam Levine. And I'm not even saying this is a bad show. I'm just saying that this is a show where we're kind of um, rising. These people are heroes. And, and, you know, and if you listen to Adam Levine, on the way home, if one of his songs come on, you're going to probably hear him singing, Your Sugar, Yes, Please, Won't You Come Put It Down on Me. Right. Um, that red velvet, that, yeah, that's some pretty explicit stuff. And I'm not saying you go, ah, turn it off. But <laughs> I'm saying here's an opportunity for us to talk about truth. I actually uh, was, um, I can't remember where I was with my daughter, and that song came on, and my daughter's 17. I've got three kids now, 17, 19, 21. Yeah, I'm still in the middle of this. Exactly. And my 17-year-old um, will hear that. And I'm like, so is he talking about his wife? And she's all, I don't know, Dad. And we just immediately, just, we just kind of started this, you know, funny conversation a little bit about like, well, gosh, he's, I mean, it sounds, this sounds like the Song of Solomon here. I mean, he's getting pretty, you know. And so I wasn't even saying this is bad. I'm just saying he's talking about some pretty erotic sexual stuff. Is he talking about his wife? You know, so so that's the approach I use. And sometimes as parents, we need to be shrewd. And there's times as parents where we need to say, uh, change the channel. Sorry, we're not going to listen to Nicki Minaj talk about where she's going to put her stuff. You well, know, and um, I think you make a great point because it's really for us as parents to understand that even if we don't believe it, kids really are still looking to us. Even if we don't think we have a great relationship with them, they're still looking to us for direction. How does mom feel about that? What does dad think about that? And it's imperative that we take those moments, like you said, and instead of making it shame-producing and uncomfortable and shutting everybody down, we just say, hey, what do you think about that when you hear that? Absolutely. And, you know, and I think most, uh, a lot of young people, and, and I, won't, I won't mislead parents, it's not like young people are going, I wish, you know, I wish I could just talk with mom and Right. You know, it's not like they're always just sitting there waiting for mom and dad to talk to us. But, but um, Shanti Feldman uh did a great, Feltyhan, excuse me, uh, Shanti Feltyhan, she did an awesome study where she asked a bunch of young people um, kind of the question, basically, would you talk with your parents if you could? And the overwhelming answer from about three quarters of them, and I quote the exact quote in the book, is basically, yeah, I would if they wouldn't freak out. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, she does great research, and it's real, it's valid research, and I think it's important for parents to hear that they need to take confidence in that. That they don't want to take from their kids, you know, the way their kids react and, and react themselves. They wanted to say, you know, my kids are uncomfortable. I don't have to be. I need to role model for them the appropriate responses for these type of topics. Well, and I, and I would hope that parents would be relieved that the one thing we're talking about, as a matter of fact, the title of the book, More Than Just The Talk. I mean, let's be honest. There's kind of this stigma out there that have you had the talk yet, right? You know, I mean, yes. uh, uh, the TV show Blackish kind of kicked off this year with a whole episode about the sex talk and have you had the talk with the boy yet? You know, I mean, everybody always jokes about the talk. But the crazy thing is, all the research out there is saying, stop, 
you know, thinking is just one talk. Exactly. As a matter of fact, Journal Pediatrics a few years ago had a study called Beyond the Big Talk, and they said that parents need to consider having repeated discussions with their kids instead of this one big talk. As a matter of fact, it went on and said, and I quote, ready, um, the relationship benefited when the discussions moved beyond safe or impersonal subjects such as puberty, reproduction, and sexual, you know, sexually transmitted diseases to more private topics such as masturbation and how sex feels. They actually found that, you know, kids were benefited more when their parents really opened up and answered those specific questions. And the reason why is because young people have specific questions. I know because I do these talks all the time and I have the write your questions on the piece of paper and you should see the questions that come through. And usually no one's there to answer those questions, so they go to Google. And what do you think they find there? <laughs> well, and I think you're, you're exactly right, because one of the most bonding things you can do with people is talk about deep topics that are meaningful to you. And that's a great connector. And the more connected kids are with their parents, the better decisions that they make. Now, cool. we have about one minute, so sure. this goes so fast. I could have you on like three shows, I, <laughs> truly. So, so give us your information again, and we'll come back um, in the next segment. Yeah, easiest way to find me is to look at the source for parents. Dot com, and that is the source, then the number four, parents.com, uh, or just Google me, Jonathan Parents Youth Ministry, and you'll find me, Jonathan McKee. Uh, I've got an Amazon page as well, and you can find my book there. That's awesome. So this is Conversations with Cynthia, and we are going to pick this up in the next segment. We are talking to Jonathan McKee and his book, More Than Just the Talk, Becoming Your Kid's Go-To Person. And so if you can't listen to the show in its entirety, you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And that show will be there on um, probably the day after you hear the show. And you can listen to it in its entirety. So join us again in the next segment. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and as always, I am so glad that you are joining me today. And I have a great guest that I am enjoying so much. His name is Jonathan McKee, and his book is More Than Just the Talk. It's Becoming Your Kid's Go-To Person About Sex. And you all know we are in um, a culture right now that is so highly sexualized, nobody can get away from it. You can't, you turn the radio on, billboards the mall, the grocery store. I, I am great compassion for men trying to just maneuver through them all with 14-year-old girls with shorts that are shorter than I can even look at and belly rings and crop tops. And, and we have Victoria's Secret, which is uh, pretty much soft porn. And I have a great compassion for men having to try to figure out how to be the man that God has called them to be and to protect their hearts and their minds, their soul, and how to really help children with that as well, and and teenagers. And so this whole idea about creating an environment that is conducive to this talk and this ongoing discussion is what we ended up with in the last part of the show, is that it isn't just one talk, it's an environment that can have ongoing talks. And we know with teenagers, some of the best places are in the car. And so you want to be able to have two-minute talks here, three-minute talks here, 20-minute talks here, and not just have one talk and think you finished it. So... Jonathan was sharing a story with me about a talk he had with his daughter, and she was just very forthright in a very blunt question that she asked him. And and I want him to share that because I think any of you with teenagers will relate to this. And if your kids aren't talking this bluntly to you, 
I want you to get this book so that you can encourage them to talk to you very succinctly. So, Jonathan, give us this story. Set it, set it up for us. Yeah, well, I mean, parents always ask me, you know, okay, I, I'm convinced. We live in a sexual world. My kids probably are wondering about this. I need to have the conversation. But if parents are like me, they're like, how? What does that look like? <laughs> right. How do I you know, do it? So, so I literally have a chapter in the book that's uh, how to create a comfortable climate of continual conversation. And... Um, and one of the first tips I give is simply don't freak out. And it's something I say throughout the book. Exactly. But it's, it's just the thing that, you know, that closes the door more than anything else. And I'm a fellow struggler. I mean, my first parenting book is called, you know, Candid Confessions of an Imperfect Parent. That's me. I'm oh, imperfect. I love it. I've got a PhD in overreaction, you know. <laughs> and I've seen firsthand when I overreact how they're like, oh, man, don't talk to dad. You know, he, he just flips out. So... So step number one, don't freak out. And I'll give the example, that story. Um, my daughter, when she was in fifth grade, came home, throws her backpack on the couch and says, hey, Dad, what's a blowjob? Oh, my. Just as casual <laughs> as ever. My son was, like, drinking water in the kitchen. He was like, <laughs> you know, and my, and my wife was washing dishes. She just kind of looks up, you know, and right. so I paused. And, 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 and I think, you know, by God's grace, I wasn't like, you know, the typical reaction is, where did you hear that? Was exactly. it that boy, Chris? I knew I shouldn't let you hang out with that boy. You know, immediately just dive exactly. in. But um, I, I did a, a really good clue, which this is great for parents, and this is one I've used over and over again, which is buy yourself time. Ask a question, you know. Yes. Um, and, and so stall. And that's what I did. I'm like, I, um, so give me some context here so I can better answer your question. Like, wh- where did you hear it so I, so I know exactly how to answer this? And she, she just as casually has ever said, oh, Tyler. And, and we all, every parent, we yes, all have our yes. kids have a Tyler in their life. You know, yes. it's the one kid who's always saying stuff. And we, we'd heard other stories of Tyler at school and stuff. And so it didn't surprise us at all. And so I, I started to fumble about an answer. I, I started to fumble about, and it was something like, well, as you know, you know, moms and dads can be intimate. And uh, when it comes to, you know, the sex stuff, it's fun because it can start with just kissing and it can lead to other stuff. And a blowjob is one of those intimate sexual activities that married people can have. And, and then I actually went on and I said, I said, but sometimes in this world, there's people who aren't married who will engage in some of these kinds of intimate activities. Um, also, um, because they think, hey, if it's fun in marriage, I should do this, you know, even outside of marriage. And that's not the way it was designed. It's designed to have this kind of sex and intimacy within marriage. And so my daughter, just with a follow-up question, said, oh, so do you and mom do it? And then my son fell to the floor laughing, <laughs> you know, and my wife just stopped doing the dishes and walked out of the room. I don't think she even wanted to know what I was exactly. going to say. Exactly. You know? And you know what? Here's the deal. We're, here we are with media. I have one minute and we're in the height of this yeah. story. That's okay. Well, you know, what? Well, I'll, I'll wrap it up because really, and you have to buy the book for the rest of the story. Exactly. But, 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 but I basically kind of started to fumble the answer, didn't even get very far. And she's like, okay, enough, dad, enough, 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 you know, uh, but, we, but yes. she came to me and that's what we need to do. We need to create create these conversations that starts with not freaking out. I think that's really imperative. And, you know, you're always allowed as adults to teach the difference between privacy and secrecy. And when kids ask questions specifically about your sex life, you can say adults have private lives. Yep. And that's different than a secret. Absolutely. Because secrets always carry shame. Privacy covers. That's good. I like, I like that uh, difference there. Yes, really yes. Okay, this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. 
Thank you for joining me today. And we have one more segment to go with Jonathan McKee. And this is a great book. So if you have not been able to listen to the show in its entirety, you can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And the podcast is there, loaded, and you can listen to it directly. So join us again in the next segment. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. This is Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad that you joined me today. And if you're just joining in, I want to recommend that you visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can listen to this show in its entirety. Because I have Jonathan McKee with me today, and he is talking about his book, More Than Just the Talk, Becoming Your Kid's Go-To Person About Sex. And so I don't want you to turn the radio off if you have no children. I really want you to understand that this is just an amazing book for anybody because it really addresses the the cultural problem we have with sex and what we've done and how we have sexualized our culture so much and taken so much of the phenomenal, magnificent beauty of sex and turned it into something that it shouldn't be. And so in the last segment, Jonathan was giving us this story about a conversation he had with his daughter and just how to handle some of these conversations. So why don't we start with that? Yeah, yeah. We were talking about these um, tips on how to create a comfortable climate of continual conversations. And the first tip I give in the book is is not freaking out. And a perfect example is when your daughter <laughs> asks you questions <laughs> that go, whoa, you know, and exactly. all of a sudden you, you, your instinct is to freak out. But how can you make a conversation out? The second tip I give in the book is don't make sex naughty. In other words... If we see something, because like, let's be honest, our culture has plenty of examples of sex, sexual images, sexual content. And when we see something, sometimes our, our tendency is to say, hey, don't watch that show. It has sex. Or I hate all that filth. You know, uh, you know. and then sometimes right. kids are thinking, oh, I'm naughty. I'm filthy. When right. I have these sexual thoughts, I'm dirty and naughty. And I'm not saying don't object to and I'm telling you, if, there, if something comes on that's inappropriate, it's okay to say, sorry, we're not going to watch this in our house. But um, I would encourage parents to do two things. One, be very specific in your objection, not that sex is naughty, but, but this particular context. And, and two, use questions. So, so maybe you might, if, you know, you, there's music video on and, uh, you know, or, or, you know, J-Lo's new video and, and she's got one of those plunging necklines and, you know, and again, you know, the, she's showing way too much. And, and what if you, instead of just saying, oh, turn off that sexual filth, again, sex is filthy. That's not what we want our kids to hear. What if we said, wow, these music videos are showing a lot of girls in provocative situations. What do you think happens when men are constantly watching videos like this instead of enjoying their own wife? Right, you know, what, what right. Is the, what's the Bible call that? So now we're asking a question where it's always better to ask a question because that means we can basically turn our monologue into dialogue. Well, that's a, see, that's an excellent point, because I think what we don't understand is when, when kids are, are in that culture, if we immediately say, oh, that's terrible, that's horrible, yeah. then they don't want to talk about it. Because what we want to find out is when they say things to us like, oh, come on, it's not that bad. What's so bad about it? That's a, a perfect segue to talk about why we don't like or approve of whatever the way it's being portrayed. Yeah, and, and we can be specific if, if you're uh, like like with young. Uh, so I've got a 17 and a 19 year old. My 19 year old's off to college. My 17 year old's about ready to go to college. 
Um, and then my 21-year-old's out in the zone already right now, too. So um, I've got two, you know, kids out of the house who, you know, watch Netflix or whatever. My 19-year-old comes back, and she's watching New Girl. And so my wife and I were trying New Girl to check it out and see what this show is like. And and creative, funny, but this girl, Jess, who's the main girl, she man, she just at times is just like hopping from bed to bed. Or right. at times she's just like, oh, I want to go, you know, have sex. Just I'm literally kind of like as a jokey mm-hmm. thing, you know, kind of like, oh, I, you know, this this is what I need. Just like a good, you know, going and getting drunk, I need to go get laid, so to think. And, right, or doing some self-indulgent thing like I need to get a pedicure and a manicure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me get a pedicure or get laid. Exactly. Which, either exactly. or, which one? Let me roll the dice. Um, <laughs> and and rather than saying, you know, Jess, that whore, that Jezebel, that, right? You know, exactly. you know, instead of saying something like that, what if we said, oh, that's too bad. I like Jess, and wow, this is a really cleverly written TV show. But boy, she just keeps hooking up with these guys. She meets in bars, and, and it's with no apparent consequences. What do you think? really happens if you were to have casual sex with multiple partners you know what are the chances of her getting an std or or i don't know what are the chances of her getting emotional regret or even better yet when it shows later like all of a sudden she comes in the room and this happens all the time on tv people will be like oh let's just do this for fun and then later they'll be like i don't know i'm kind of attached now mm-hmm. or all of a sudden you hear a song from adele about the pain of breakup well, why is the pain of breakup so great? And also that gives us an opportunity to talk about the powerful bonding that happens with oxytocin when you're sexually intimate with somebody, how God's design is to be bonded like that. These are the conversations we can have in a very sexually explicit world. Well, you know, you made a very good point. You're a writer, so you understand, you know, the way that sentence structure occurs and how it affects people. And when we talk to teenagers, it's so important that we're careful with the word but. That when we're talking to them, we're saying, yes, you know, this is what Jess is doing. And I wonder if, which is very different than, you know, I really like Jess, but. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, here's, oh here comes the lecture. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I think that's a great way to talk about what's this whole, you know, when we think about pornography and, and how prolific it is in our environment. Yeah. Uh-huh. How, how do you address that one? Well, it, it's more common today, especially when, um, you know, in America, 91% of uh, American homes have television in them. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, I said that wrong. 91% of American homes pay for television. Yes, exactly. So, in so, yeah, in so three rooms, ca- four, four yeah, five rooms. Cable, <laughs> you know, satellite, whatever, which means they get the three months free of, you know, exactly. H- HBO and Skinamax <laughs> and all that stuff. And so the thing is, um, a lot of the top shows now are these Showtime shows, the HBO shows. As a matter of fact, Entertainment Weekly list of the top 100 in the top 10, several of those from the, you know, HBO, Showtime, that kind of stuff. Um, millennials, uh, the millennial age, the 20-somethings right now, their favorite show by far is Game of Thrones, right. which gets very pornographic. And so what's happening is our kids are becoming very comfortable with pornography. It's easy access. Well, I mean, when well they're I was, not seeing it as pornography. I yeah, think yeah, that's no, the problem. No, yeah, yeah. Something like Game of Thrones, they're like, oh, no, I like the story, you know, and... But, I mean, shows even, uh, Saturday Night Live, Big Bang right, Theory, right. joke about Game of Thrones, a penny on Big Bang Theory a week or two ago said, oh, it's a great show, plus, you know, I like the fact that people are doing it. Exactly. <laughs> big laughter, big laughter, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no big deal. And that's kind of the, the what we've been, you know, what, what our, our world is preaching. And in my book, Sex Matters, when I talk about, I have a whole chapter on pornography. And um, I, I talk about some of the, uh, you know, 
unintended consequences that are out there. Um, for guys specifically, I talk about some of the stuff that's just very, I mean, just detailed research about impotency. And in and, 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 and short, guys are sitting there watching these, you know, these high-speed connections of porn where they're just, just constantly inundated with all these different girls doing all these different things. And the fact is, these guys, when they get, and here's the research, you could tell it's not done by Christians because they're constantly saying when they get back with their partner, you know, it's not even right. wives. Exactly. But it's interesting. When you get with your partner, they, in short, can't get it up. Right. Because they're used to, you know, seven women, you know, and, exactly. and, and animals or whatever. Exactly. And, it's like, and this is the world we live in, and we got to teach our young people about some of these distractions and how to flee from them. Well, it's understanding. When, when I talk to adults about this whole issue, I talk to them about what happens with alcohol. Exactly. The more alcohol you drink, the higher your tolerance becomes, the more you need. So the more you need alcohol to get the same high that you needed, then when alcohol doesn't work, you then add more things. We get more drugs that get added to the party. Well, and so and when we're doing sex with in a pornographic manner, we're increasing a sexual tolerance that, yeah, it, that it, causes the newness, any of the newness to be gone. And there's kind of this, in all the experts are saying that, that the more you get into it, there's this increasing desire for more explicit material. Exactly, because the tolerance, continue, so that nothing is new. And when, when we have a partnership that is faithful to one another, then and they're growing as people, then our relationship is constantly renewed. We're new people every day if we're growing and changing, which makes the sexual life of, of, a, of a vibrant partnership very vibrant. Absolutely. Well, and you know, it's funny, and it, you know, when it comes to us and how we respond, since what I'm trying to do is equip parents, yes. how do we respond with this? You know, I give parents tips on what do you do if you catch your kid in pornography, and guess what? Tip number one is don't freak out. Absolutely, <laughs> it is, exactly. It, again, it's that it's that don't freak out. Don't you know you're this awful sinner? And then the second thing for buying well, time, you is, know, let me just let me stop you for one yeah, minute no, no because problem. that is really important. When I tell people to don't freak out, I also then say to them, here's what I want you to do: if when you don't freak out, you take on a curious, observing person. You say to yourself, this is curious. I need to research this. I need to, I need to find more information. I need to be observant of what is going on with my kid and how are they responding when they're telling me I need to observe who they are. And then I need to get curious instead of the reaction of, oh my gosh. Yeah. And we need to turn that overreaction into interaction. Exactly. Create this arena of dialogue. And that's why the, the, the second thing I say is, Seek to understand. It's the tell me yes. more. It's That's the, the curious. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now all of a sudden you're someone who's now a listener, and, and you know any any therapist. I mean, I kind of find it funny to, to be and not not to mock the profession, right. but I find it funny that people need to pay money for someone to listen to them. Listen, you know, you know I'm I'm thankful you said that because I say to clients every single day, do you realize how dysfunctional our community and our world is that I make a living. At listening, because there's nobody safe enough for you to talk about in your life. Yeah, and, and it's and not so to, it's created it's not a job for me. No, it's created it, a job for me, and I would love to work my way out of a job. Well, and the cool thing is, you have insight as the difference between and and but. That's stuff I don't know, and I'm like, see, that's where professionals really good. <laughs> but it still, to me, is funny though. It is. But we need to pay somebody well, no, listen, to listen. You know, Jonathan. You, you know, when I've I've sp- I speak in Africa, in Uganda, frequently. I I love that country, yeah, and I love so. It too. They cannot comprehend my job. <laughs> they cannot comprehend that American people need to pay someone to talk about their feelings and problems. 
Yeah, yeah. They hold it all in a lot, too. It's kind of They sad. do, and but they're also... In, okay, anyways, I'm taking us off on a tangent, it's so okay, I'm sorry. Okay. okay, so I'm we're back you. on pornography. Okay, thank yeah. you. Let's get back to yeah, pornography. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, but as, as parents, it's, it's, you know, it, it, pornography is real. And it's funny, in my book, Two Teenagers, I give them some tips on fleeing, and some of the tips I yes. even give is, is tell someone, you know, uh, talk to somebody about this. On the parent side, in the parent book, um, you know, don't freak out, seek to understand... And then really having them think through some solutions. Um, one of the things I, lo- I love doing, if, if I catch my kid doing anything, if they, you know, not, you know, when they're little, not brushing their teeth or whatever, right, you know, right. um, is sometimes it's hard to come up with a, you know, okay, you're grounded a week from your phone, <laughs> and we don't know what to say. So sometimes I, I tell parents, again, while they're already not freaking out, they're kind of, tell me more about this. And as you're listening, sometimes you even find out, okay, this kid's been through punishment enough. I don't need to punish them, maybe provide accountability, but not punishment. But I think sometimes we can just even ask, hey, what do you think I should do? How, Absolutely. How can I help you? Absolutely. How can I help you? Not, not like, you know, what, what, how can I make you hurt? <laughs> exactly. Well, because we don't want to add shame to something that's already embarrassing to them. Yeah. And especially something that we probably might struggle with ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, you know, I'm so sad that we are we are pretty much almost done. We have about maybe a minute and a half to go. And I've enjoyed so much this, you know, talking with you and just this book is so, so amazingly appropriate for today. And so... I want to encourage you listeners, this is uh, Jonathan McKee, and he has a great book, which is more than just the talk, and it's really helping parents to create an environment of continual discussion about this issue of how overly sexualized our world is and, and how we need to help children maneuver through that so that they come, become really healthy adults, healthy sexual adults. And so, Jonathan, give us your information. Let us know, and we will for sure have you back on, this, on the show again. Yeah, yeah, if you want all kinds of good Free parenting yes, resources. Yes, we do. Free, the keyword there. Uh, go to thesourceforparents.com. That's the source, then the number four, parents.com. And you'll find, you know, parenting articles. As a matter of fact, the article up on the site right now is Three Parenting Practices Preventing the Permeation of Porn. And, uh, and then uh, you find my blog there. You'll find uh, some of the books I've written there. That's awesome. Um, all kinds of good resources to help parents out. Well, I appreciate you being on the show and, and just sharing your heart and your stories and, and putting the time into writing something like this. So we just pl- pray that God blesses you. And listeners, please uh, visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. And make sure that you go to the sources that he has for you, which is Jonathan McKee writes, and you can also the thesourceforparents.com. So join me again next week, and have a blessed week and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.